Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right. Uh, Rob, how's the weather where you're at? Melissa, I've run out of words. Run out of words. I, this is two, like, you know, episodes in a row where I've just left you speechless. <laughs> no, um, I am in, uh, I'm in Northern California right now in San Rafael in Marin County, just North of San Francisco. <clears throat> Much of the week has been wonderfully nice and clear and highs in the seventies yesterday. And today, however, June gloom has returned and, and along the coast, you know, people, people know May gray or June gloom. And so it's kind of a May gray, June gloomy kind of day, a little breezy, a little cloudy, um, you know, high, the highs will probably be in the sixties. So nowhere near as hot as Austin, but Austin definitely has more weather extremes, certainly in the Northern California, Northern California, especially near the coast is pretty temperate. And, um, you know, we get a fair amount of rain. We don't get any snow, rarely get hail kind of thing. You guys in, in the Austin area, especially now, I mean, the, the wind and the snow and the sleet and the hail and, and all kinds of things going on in Texas weather-wise in the last six or eight months. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely been extreme. Although your area sounds like much better golf weather than than what's happening right now. Our- anything weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys golf? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I golf. Yeah. I golf it. Even if it's outside. Aaron, do you golf? Um, I drive the beer cart at golf tournaments. I did. I did miniature golf inside earlier this week. (laughs) Oh yes. Miniature golf. My nemesis, the the anthill. I can't can't overcome the anthill. Concrete anthill. I was not truthful on my scorecard. Let's just leave it at that. Yes. Uh, uh, I, we're going to give it maybe another minute for everybody to join us. Uh, for those that have joined thus far, thank you for for joining us. Um, we are are uh, going to maybe wait one more minute as people start to get logged in here, and we'll get going. Um, Tom's got a, a great uh, uh, link to TNC's uh, YouTube channel in the chat, so. Uh, make sure if you have not subscribed to that, that you go in and and hit the little subscribe button. Um, we also are on Apple Podcasts. So um, if you want to subscribe to that, that would be amazing. Uh, yes, Aaron D is in the house. Uh, all right. So we'll go ahead and kick us off today. Uh, hello. Welcome, everybody. I'm Melissa Langdale, the president and COO of the Mortgage Collaborative, joined by the infamous and brand new grandpa, uh, Rob Chrisman, and the brilliant and delightful Aaron D. Uh, <laughs> the COO of Alone People. Um, Aaron, before we get started, you want to tell us maybe, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute about, you know, Lone People? Yeah, absolutely. So Lone People, we're a uh, community IMB located in Austin, Texas. We opened our doors January of 2020. So we are Born and bred of the pandemic, as I like to say, um, on the sales side, the the owner of the company, Max Lehman, was a top producing loan officer for a long time and kind of just decided he was ready to try things on his own. So he reached out to me and we spent we spent the second half of 2019 really putting it together and, and opened the doors in, in January. And it's been an amazing, fun 
ride ever since. So, you know, from, from one extreme to another, uh, that's all we know is extreme times here at Lone People. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been a member of TMC almost since the beginning. We're, we're really excited about continuing to participate and really happy to be here. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today. Aaron, when you say a community mortgage, a community independent mortgage banker, what does that mean? So uh, this is a new term that I have coined to, so you have banks and you have community banks, right? And the community banks do just that, you know, they're, they're typically smaller, they, they serve their local communities. And so um, I've decided to call us a community IMB because we are on the smaller side, we're regional, and we really, really focus on, on serving, you know, right now we're in Texas and focusing on serving that community. Uh, so I've just decided to create that new phrase in the last month. <laughs> okay, very good. Well. Yeah. Maybe it'll take off. Hey, hopefully. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, we kind of kick into mortgage topics today. Um, you know, Rob, you had a fantastic article that you published, um, you know, earlier this month on LO compensation. And Aaron, as you know, you, you were actually with us at, with TMC when we went to, to DC and talked to the CFPB and they had a lot of questions around kind of loan officer uh, compensation and, and kind of the LO comp rule. And I know this is a hot topic for a lot of our lenders out there. Um, you know, for those of you that that have not read uh, Rob's blog, you need to do it. Uh, and um, happy to um, uh, maybe if uh, one of our team can put the uh, the link to it in the in the chat for everybody, that'd be great. Um, Basically, Rob reported that the the MBA just just kind of released their Q1 uh, numbers for um, you know the average cost to originate a loan, and it ended up at thirteen thousand one hundred and seventy one dollars. Thirteen thousand dollars to originate a loan right now, and obviously not all of that is loan officer compensation, right? Or or compensation in general. Uh, it's made up of a, a whole bunch of different things. Um, what I thought was really interesting in that, Rob, is, is you also mentioned kind of the the decrease year over year in compensation uh, for, for loan officers. There's like a 47% decline in, in compensation for loan officers. So just knowing like that cost of origination is going up and up and kind of that that year over year swing is is obviously coming down for a lot of our loan officers. Like where what's what's the difference, Aaron? What do you think? Uh, well, you know, I think I think the market itself has driven some changes for a long time. Changing LO comp was really that that one topic you just don't discuss. Um, but I I think this this last twelve months is the first time it's really actually come on the table. So, you know, I, you know, I'll say a couple of things. Increased cost is definitely look at our cost to credit reports and all of that, and all of our vendors. You know, they're increasing cost. That is definitely playing into it. Um, but we have seen where LO compensation has come down from where it was, and and I think a lot of originators are really understanding you know, where their compensation goes into and how it affects pricing. And I'm seeing more and more originators when we talk to them, be cognizant of, of that factor in their pricing. And so there definitely has been a, a tide shifting in terms of that and, 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 you know, where we could, you know, come down on that. Rob, are you hearing that from, from other lenders as well? Yes and no. Uh, the, 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 there, there is definitely a school of thought that has always existed that says, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, loan officers, loan originators make too much money. Uh, uh, people who know what they do might disagree with that, of course. I have to sneeze. 
Uh, maybe I don't have to sneeze. Look at the anyway, sun. <laughs> uh, uh, there's also a school of thought that says, "Gee, re- uh, real real estate commissions shouldn't be six percent, but they but they seem kind of stuck there." Uh, but the nobody wants to be the first penguin in the water, as they say, uh, and jump in and uh, be 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 known as oh. Uh, you know that that's Aaron and Rob's mortgage. Yeah, they uh, weren't they in the headlines a few weeks ago because they cut cut their compensation for LOs. Well, who wants to go there? Loan loan officers see one part of that though, and what the companies are doing that I'm seeing who are decent at it or more successful than others are taking are saying, you know what, we're only going to pay you this, or, or that's not even how they phrase it. We're going to pay you this. And the difference between this and somebody up the street is going to be put back into marketing. It's going to be put into new technology. It's going to be put into rate sheet pricing. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the companies who haven't reduced LO comp, whether they're just outright or putting the money somewhere else, they've they've borne the brunt of the last couple of years of margin compression and volumes decreasing and, and higher costs as have the branches, depending on what kind of model the branch is on. And so companies are saying, you know, you know, we got it, we have to do something. And so what they are doing is reducing compensation for in certain areas, certain channels, for example, obviously with an eye on compliance, but they, they are saying, okay, we're going to do this, but we're going to give you part of it back over here. And I think it tends to make it a little more palatable for originators. You know, banks, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, but banks and credit unions have always paid like originators three or $4,000 a month, plus some kind of, you know, 10 basis points or some kind of minimal amount telling them they're going to have a, a, you know, set, uh, telling them they're going to have customers coming through the door every week. Do you, are credit unions and banks still at those levels, do you think? I think that seems a little bit low from what I, at least what I'm experiencing in my market. You know, we, we see where just because an originator works for a bank, a lot of their business actually is self-driven. And so with that, they are sometimes receiving compensation that is, is comparable to, to other IMBs. Um, There are other banks and credit unions, but you know, what I'm seeing is maybe more in the 45 to 65 basis point range, you know, where they're paying with a, a small salary. So maybe not that low on the basis points, but it is typically still lower than what you would see at an IMB. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Melissa, getting back to your question. Yeah, there are some cracks in the LO comp, uh, you know, model of, you know, hundred or 150 basis points, but not, there's, there's not a tidal wave. Uh, certainly. And when you talk about LO comp, one of the things you probably want to talk about or, or that comes up is, oh, well, I heard Aaron D got, you know, half a million bucks from, you know, fill in the blank to, to move her branch over there uh, because she's got, you know, eight great loan officers and they're all doing, you know, 5 million a month. And so, you know, it's worth it to you know, let's say, you know, just pull a name out of a hat, you know, move them a mortgage or pull another name out of a hat, cross country mortgage, you know, uh, it's worth it for them to do that. But what is thrown out there is, you know, half a million bucks. Wow. Go air and go. But how long is the clawback period? 
you know, what do, what does Aaron have to produce? What do her people have to produce? How long do they have to stay around? Does Aaron have to pay for this, that, or the other thing? What if Aaron uh, doesn't have the products there? What if they take away products that Aaron went there for? Or change my rate sheet to account for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's no pricing. such thing as free money. <laughs> yeah, no such, yes, no such thing as, as free money. And you quickly find that out when you go to a, like a capital markets conference where it's like, well, you know, everybody's kind of selling their loans for the same price and maybe fluctuate the value of servicing a little bit and all the products are kind of the same. So it's just a matter of being able to execute. And it's a matter of the errands of the world in terms of her branch being able to really look beyond the signing bonus or beyond the compensation and say, can I thrive in this environment? Can I originate loans in this environment? Because what difference does it make if they pay me more up the street if their processors are terrible and their underwriters take forever and they, they you know, they're whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into uh, the origination pie other than just the, just the compensation I picked on or not picked on, but I highlighted compensation in my article, Melissa, but I think smart originators, first of all, I think a lot of originators stick around. They, they aren't so transitory. Uh, because they, I think they realize the grass isn't always greener on the other side, but they also look at things more. They also look at more things than just compensation and benefits. They look at the the whole pie. So, yeah, yeah and that's big for us, you know. So, so as a community IMB, you know, we're not out throwing out million dollar sign on bonuses. What we try to sell to our teams is culture. I saw somebody mention that in the comments. Culture is massive. And also, you know, how can we help you grow your business? What's our value add? And that's really something that's great for us is having Max come in and what he did with his business and how we're able to leverage that and teach that to, to other originators. You know, we've, we love the people that we've brought on. They're great. And, and that's helping us continue to bring on really, really great people to the company. Love it. Exactly. Yeah. Guy Schwartz there in the comment, regardless of how much money they bribe you with to join, it's all about the culture of the company, more important than money. And, uh, you know, I would, I would tend to agree. Look how many mergers and acquisitions fall flat or they lose their staff because the culture, there's no cultural mesh. There's no synergy there. Um, yeah, it's all, not all dollars and cents, just like, you know, like any relationship, you know, it's just not like, oh, I'm going to marry Shania Twain because she looks so good. And then, you know, gee, Shania Twain snores and she, you know, leaves her socks on the floor or whatever. Um, not to drag Shania Twain into the gutter with me. My <laughs> you snore but... like a woman. <laughs> Your heart. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, gotta gotta look beyond. You know. Yes. Gotta be on. Look. You gotta have to look beyond things sometimes. Now uh, we know Rob's type, Melissa. <laughs> yep, now we know. Now we know. <laughs> well, speaking of. Comments, <laughs> Yeah, Christy, uh, Christy Brinkley. Back in. Uh, so Dave, Dave Reynolds had a great uh, kind of comment uh, as well, uh, talking about kind of the cost of origination. He said, you know, so less appraisals, right? We have kind of more appraisal waivers that we're seeing. Still not exorbitantly more, but but I, I know of a lot of lenders that are starting to see an increase in those. Um, you know, compensation, like we mentioned, has gone down a little bit, right? So where is the increase besides credit reports? And um you know, Aaron, I, I think, um, you know, I'd love to hear your perspective on this and and uh, maybe we can talk about technology a little bit too. 
Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So, you know, I think also verification costs and especially trying to 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 push through some of the data validation services. I know there are, you know, some out there that are are increasing their costs as well. And especially as we're trying to pull D1C, that type. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that the industry as a whole has achieved the efficiencies that, you know, we were promised with D1C and, you know, to offset the added cost and increasing cost of all those additional verification services. Um, you know, so we're dealing with that. I think I have seen vendors uh, at least try to increase their prices. And so, you know, we've worked on negotiating away from those wherever we could and, and negotiating down, but I don't think everybody does that. Um, I think that's something that we really should be doing more of. And I just think in general, we as an industry continue to not be great at leveraging our tech stack. I think it's, oh, we've got this next latest, greatest thing and we pile on and pile on and pile on, but we're not making efficient use of it. Half of our originators aren't using what we, you know, the tools that we have for them because they're, you know, they don't, they, we haven't trained them properly or they don't see value in it. And, and I think that's a big part of it is we just continue to not be great at our tech stack. I think the industry as a whole, and you and I chatted about this a little bit in DC, uh, is especially with CFPB, we um, talked a little bit about kind of that direct to data connection, right? We're um, a lot of lenders are having to leverage all of these different providers to to get verifications of income and verifications of employment and verifications of assets, right? You're you're having to kind of plug in all of these different providers that have bits and pieces of what you need. So a lot of lenders are having to like waterfall employment verifications and income verifications because we're going to start here, then we go here if it's not in that data set, then we go here if it's not in that, and all those things just add up cost uh, over time. So. Um, you know, you and I also chatted about some interesting things you're doing from a technology perspective to uh, kind of think outside the box and and start to kind of leverage uh, like chat GPT for for some fun, um, uh, you know, uh, cost effective ways to to kind of modify your LOS. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're we're in the very beginning stages of this. You know, it's still very new, and you still want to be very careful. But you know, a couple ways we're using. You know, I've started using ChatGPT. Is you know, from a business writing perspective, you know, when ChatGPT first came out, if you would have put, "Hey, do you know how to code Byte?" and they're like, "It's like, yes, I absolutely do." And now, if you type in that question, it's like, "Absolutely not." Reach out to the Byte developers, right? Um, you know, but you can you can put code in there and check it. So I've been able to go in and check business rules that are pretty complex, and it can say, "Hey, this is where the error is." Um, so working on trying to get where, how can I get it to help me maybe make more efficient use of my business rules, make my system work a little bit better, running business rules through it. I've done that um, a bit, um, but even in other ways. So you can put into it, hey, write a letter to a realtor explaining the benefits of a DSCR program, and it can help you write marketing things, right? And, and I put it in there and it gave a great explanation of how amazing a DSCR program is. So if you're like me and you're good with numbers, but dumb with words, uh, that's a really good tool that you can leverage. And, and even on that regard, um, even I'm even using it to, you know, I work, I redo our business plan every single year. I'm, I'm running it through there. Hey, eh? what am I missing? What can I add? What can I do? So for me, it's just how can I slowly but surely try to scale development and, or development, you know, the development resources that I have in any way possible? Can I minimize my testing time, right? Like if, if we identify a change in our LOS that is going to allow us to be more efficient or reduce errors that are costing us money on the post-closing side, what can I do to maybe scale down that testing process? So, and then eventually, can we get it to the point where it is helping us write code a lot quicker? I don't think it'll it'll ever eliminate the need for a developer, but it's definitely going to make us make it faster and quicker to to get through that development process. 
So you can use chat GTP, GPT, GTP uh, for, for uses other than, you know, um, um, typing, you know, Google, Google search right. on whatever. Yes. So it, it's helping the company streamline, hopefully save money, you know, fix errors before they happen. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of the long-term goal of it. Like I said, we're still very, very beginning, very new stages of seeing like where can it help, what can it do. So um, we have a long way to go, um, especially in you know completely socializing it out to the company. But I see a ton of potential uh, for helping my my operations, my systems folks, and my sales folks, right? And you know, especially if it, if it helps those who are word challenged like me. I love it. I, I have you heard? Um, I'm curious, maybe Rob or or Aaron, if you guys heard anybody trying to leverage that for a scenario desk. I have not. Um, that seems like it could get dicey. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I threw it out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nuance there that you know I don't trust AI with yet. Yeah, yeah. there's the uh, sort of scenario desk. People don't have to start looking for a job quite yet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny, the um, the data set, I think, ends in like 2021, if I'm not mistaken. So there's like, there's yes. a, a giant gap. The reason I threw this out there, guys, is there really is a giant gap in the data. Uh, and so like brand new guidelines, those sort of things um, are, are not quite going to be uh, available for it. So just, just yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I'll trust, you know, we have an amazing, uh, we have an amazing credit risk team and I will trust them to help me with a very complex nuanced scenario over AI anyway. But if I ever want to make really cool pictures of like, you know, Donald Trump and Elon Musk fighting in a battle, AI is great for those images. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving the AI generated images on Twitter. I will say that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Jill had a great question. I, I'm not sure if Aaron or Rob, you know this. Uh, isn't Fannie Mae's Ask Polly a form of AI? Is it a form of AI or is it, um, what do you think? I do not know the answer to that question. I will not pretend to know the answer to that question. <laughs> I don't know either, um, but it, it does give really good responses. So yeah. there you uh, go. Native language search. There you go. Um. So, so Melissa, you you see a wide range of mortgage collaborative vendors. Are any of them using that you know of Chat GPT to to help them in their uh, in their effort to help lenders? You know, um, I don't know the answer to that question um, uh, well enough. I do know that some of them have have started to leverage AI. Um, and, and, you know, AI is, is chat GPT is GPT is a form of AI, right? But there are all sorts of different levels. Um, and so I do know that there are some vendors out there leveraging AI, but I, I don't know if anybody is actually using chat GPT. Um, but yeah. we'll find out because I would love to know the answer. It's free and it's fun to play with. So, you know, there's, fun that. To play with. there's an app now. <laughs> Two of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. My my kids have started to like play with it. They they uh my my son, I showed him the app and he's like, Hey, can we be friends? And there's like this whole big narrative on how they can't really be friends because it's not a real person and goes through like <laughs> yeah. you know, all of these things. So it's you know, it's kind of fun to play around with. Yeah, you don't want to wake up one day and he's got like his AI girlfriend. <laughs> Those no, stories no, are no. scary. <laughs> no. No. Hey, um, 
Tom put a link in the chat box for anybody that's curious. Uh, Capacity has some some AI and chatbots they've been doing. Go ahead, Rob. Well, I, I was going to say that uh, you know the the unlike blockchain, and I'm sure there are people on here who are blockchain proponents and and know much 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 more about blockchain than I do. But it seemed like for a while there, the industry was focused on blockchain. How can we use blockchain to fix whatever? And it was almost a solution looking for a problem. And I think blockchain may have been over, well, speaking for myself, it was over my head to really understand how it works. But it seemed like it made a lot of sense in terms of title, you know, titles of properties and not being able to go back and, and, uh, uh, you know, commit fraud. I, I, it seems like the AI chat GPT is a different kind of animal in terms of whether or not we can use this as an industry or whether I know, uh, you know, I'm in touch with a fair number of attorneys. They're looking at it. Uh, so it has, it has applications and maybe more applications for regular people to be able to use it rather than you know, blockchain, which was, you know, almost like an IT, IT only kind of solution. So it'll be interesting, obviously, to see how it unfolds. And, and uh, I wanted to ask Aaron, um, you know, uh, free and fun to play with uh, encompasses a lot of things, but why, how does it, how is it free? You know, why, why don't you have to pay for it? Or will you have to pay for it at some point? You can pay for a premium service that 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 will offer you more, you know, capabilities. Um, but I, I would say it's free because it's still learning, and and it kind of gives you that disclosure when you go to sign in, create an account. Like, hey, it's still learning. So I think you know we're using it for our our tools, but it's learning and it's becoming you know better faster. So I think right now it's I'm basically we are free labor for the Chat GPT folks. Really, is what it is. <laughs> right. It almost sounds like, you know, I mean, you could bring up Jurassic Park and. Didn't, didn't biologists and scientists learn their lesson with Jurassic Park that what can what can run them what can go awry when with certain things happen and, and there was 2001 Space Odyssey where you had Hal yes oh, excuse me I'm sorry Mike I cannot do that <laughs> allergic to new babies um, yeah I mean <laughs> Hal you know take, takes over and so and you have the Terminator movies right where like it learned like these like these evil things learn from you as you go along and uh, it's a little scary but you know. unlike ai humans never learn <laughs> <laughs> oh yes yes anyway we digress we digress, digress. one of my favorite pastimes I'll <laughs> I'll pull us back to mortgage a little bit. We started to talk about some some uh, some policies and you know uh, CFPB and you know as we started to talk about technology and kind of that direct to data connection. A new um, another piece of legislation just this week was uh, being voted on, and I've not seen the the results of it, but um, there is a bill out there around trigger leads. Erin, uh, have you seen it? Yeah, I have. So um, I received the email from Bill Kilmer, uh, our friends at MBA this week about it. Uh, you know, when looking at it, it, I like it a little bit more and that it has a carve out for the current or for existing relationships, which is, a, I think, an improvement, at least in terms of industry acceptance and industry advocacy. 
Um, I think that was a big thing missing from the prior bill. So, you know, it's nice to see that there's movements on that. And it seems like MBA is, is working really closely with that representative. And I'm sorry, I forgot their name offhand, but um, you know, it's nice to see that this is still for at the forefront for us because, you know, back to increased costs, you know, not only were our credit report fees increased, but you know, the CRAs are then selling our our leads as trigger leads and and you know we're pulling expensive credit reports on borrowers that end up going somewhere else for a better deal because of trigger leads. So you know I think that's another thing that has driven up costs for us. I found it interesting because the uh the the rank and file originators tend to hate trigger leads, but obviously there are a contingent of companies that profit or benefit from buying trigger leads. And the M- the MBA, you know, I, I imagine there are members of the MBA on this call. So, uh, and I wouldn't say anything on this call that I wouldn't say in front of them. But oftentimes, the MBA, the Mortgage Bankers Association, and state and local organizations, is, they're kind of they're kind of caught in the middle because they have members who both benefit from trigger leads and trigger leads work against. So it's a it's a little bit of a tough situation. But in this case, the MBA has actually promoted and drafted this legislation. So it answer your earlier comment, Melissa, I don't think I think it's going to take a while um, for anybody to really vote on it or pass it. You know, there's there's all kinds of, you guys were just in Washington, DC. I mean, you know how I mean I could there, there are thousands of bills that are introduced, for example, in California every year in the state legislature, you know, only a handful make them through committee and make, make, you know, pass by everybody and then actually signed by the governor. So I think the trigger lead bill is going to take a while, but certainly I think a lot of people in the industry hope that it, you know, hope that it gets signed into law. You're, you're totally right. So, you know, at the, at the, I'm involved in the Texas MBA and we were working with MBA earlier this year on this. And you, you base, you said exactly what their concern was, is that they have their membership who does benefit and, and, you know, but I will say one of their biggest concerns was the existing relationship carve out. So maybe that's why they're, they're, they're working on, on this one a little bit more, because that did satisfy that. Um, And you bring up, state legislature, we also tried at the Texas level during session this year to see if we could try to do something at the state level to prevent these. Um, But we ran into a a preemption issue because of FICRA. So it's something that has to be done at the federal level. So hopefully we can continue to keep keep the feet to the fire there. That's great. Well, we've gotten a whole bunch of great comments in the uh, in the chat. Thanks everybody for for participating. Uh, before we go for the day, Erin, uh, do you have any big plans for the weekend? Anything fun? Um, don't be jealous. I will be cleaning gutters for the first time in my life. I bought my first ever ladder. <laughs> Check in on me on Monday and make sure I didn't kill myself. And then I'll be cleaning. I'll be cleaning gutters. So right. super fun. I might drive by and just make sure you're, you're still okay up there. <laughs> do a welfare check, please. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Rob, how about you? I just want to sit here and talk about Erin buying her first ladder. Uh, first of all, uh, given given the weather in Austin, be sure to wear a, a wide brimmed hat. You know, you know, protect yourself from the sun. Wear sunscreen. Um, when you go up there, you know, try to figure out whether if, you know, if the ladder gives way like it does in, in countless movies, you know, whether if you can hang on the gutter for how long you hang on that gutter, whether, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to pull a Chevy chase. (laughs) 
Don't you normally clean gutters out in the autumn? Well, yes, but I just bought the house and they are, they need to be clean and I'm about uh, to leave town for a few weeks. So I'm, I'm trying to be responsible homeowner for the first time in my life. Well, that sounds more interesting. Where are you going for a few weeks? I will be going to Charlotte. Uh, my it's it's about 15 degrees cooler than it is here, and my uh, my brother has a house on a lake that I can swim in every uh-huh. day, and so I will be there hanging out with my with the nieces. What about Bug? Bug the dog. Bug the dog will be coming with. He loves a good road trip, and so he's he's coming along for the ride. Very good. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Aaron, for your all your expertise. We really appreciate it. Um, I hope everybody has a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.